0: Hello, thanks for tuning in everyone. You are listening again to another episode of Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK geek science fiction fantasy and horror podcast episode 465, recorded tonight on Monday the 12th of December 2022 at 23.00. 0023. Sorry for that bit of hesitation. My eyes are not great this evening. I would have started a few minutes earlier, but I had to wait for the washing machine to stop its cycle. I have to remember to stick it all in the dryer afterwards. I also tried this rather powerful throat lozenge or rather, pastil, which smelt suspiciously of cannabis, but, as you'll find out later, probably doesn't. Probably. Things have been generally like that. I don't know if that's an expression, or is that just uh, an expression that I've come up with, another Royism? I'm not sure. Read of that what you will. Today, we are talking about quite a lot of things, but the main reason we are here today is to talk about Black Adam, which I have watched yesterday. And yes, this is old news, but as I said probably very, very early on, years and years ago, I generally deal in either second-run stuff or very old stuff. So I don't think it's important that I keep up with every new thing that's released. I have finally got round to watching Black Adam. You don't know how frustrating it is wanting to listen to other YouTubers and other podcasters talk about something that I've watched, but I can't because I myself haven't talked about it yet and I don't want their ideas polluting mine. So, Black Adam is the main subject of today's chat. Do you remember I said recently that this would be more to the point, and if I wanted to talk about other stuff, I'd put it into other shows, and I changed my mind, because it's just too trying producing so many podcasts? We are back to how we were doing things before. That's what I'm getting at. Black Adam is the main geek thing that I'm talking about, but there are other things that I want to talk about, just general geek life stuff, stuff that's relevant to me. So what I thought I'd do, instead of going through my show notes in the order in which they are typed, I'll do all the other stuff first. Well, apart from the pre-show and the after-show. And then we'll get on to Black Adam. I keep saying Black Adam and then running the words together. I was talking about this the other day. The reason for that is probably because I'm descendant from Creole speakers. And the way you'd say tarmac in Mauritius is Tarmacadam. Tarmacadam. (laughs) And somehow... I've conflated these words together and now I keep saying Black Adam, Black Adam, instead of Black Adam. Ah, oh, completely irrelevant, I know. I started off the pre-show with a bit of a downer, telling you already things have not been great. I'm not going to go into why they haven't been great. Not in any great detail, but there is one thing of some amusement that you might be interested in in a bit. But we'll do that. Another thing that I haven't mentioned yet, that I feel that I should have, is that we have a new Prime Minister in the UK, Rishi Sunak, and the reason I think it's important that I talk about that, at least in passing, is because he is the very first British Asian UK Prime Minister. That is a big milestone, and something to be impressed by, and... As a British Asian myself, I am impressed. However, you knew there was going to be a however. You've listened to this pod before. I'm also singularly unimpressed by Rishi Sunak's ministry, and increasingly put out by the series of nitwit miserable ministries, particularly, though certainly not exclusively, limited to conservative ones, that preceded his. Things in the UK for decades have been feeling like they're going backwards. For example, the return of the SUS laws, which seem to single out people who aren't white. They were there, and then they were gone, and then they came back under a new name. Then there was the war in Iraq. I don't really have to say much more about that. The hostile environment that's, in title case, a policy put forward by successive conservative governments towards migrants. That is not a good thing. I am the child of migrants, so yeah, not great. Then there was Brexit and right-wing popularism. What the hell has happened? What is it about the UK that makes us, and when I say us, I don't mean me. I'm just saying the country as a whole, year in and year out, consistently elect stinkers. So yeah, we've got a new Prime Minister. He's a British Asian. It should be a reason to celebrate. It sort of is, as far as diversity goes, but as far as representation... Mm. Okay. Okay. On to my own problems, which I said I wouldn't talk about in too great detail, but this is kind of part of my Shaggy Dog story of my show notes and what I'm getting to, so I'll mention this as well. Sorry, I'm digressing. On the way to the local park's snow-covered slope, very steep slope, by the way, this morning while looking for a cheap sledge that i could buy which gives you a clue as to why i was going to that snow covered suicide slope i parked near a shop in a retail center in the car park i did not find a sledge but i did manage to get myself into an extremely minor fender bender on the way out but simultaneously highly irritating unfortunately as we all know there is no such thing as a minor ding with insurance companies and i'm still trying to sort this infuriating mess out wish me luck i've spoiled the next item because you already (laughs) know why i was shopping i was shopping for a plastic sledge or toboggan or sled however you want to say it Luckily, even without a sledge, I have still managed to go sledging. How is this possible? Because I was prepared like a Boy Scout. I was one, a really terrible one. I hated being a Boy Scout, but I was prepared. Prepared more like machete. Machete improvise. With a cheap plastic dinner tray. You know those type of Poundland or Tesco budget range of trays hideous bendy plastic trays i've got a white one that is nevertheless quite strong it managed to hold my 200 odd pounds what's that 14 or so stones and yeah it worked i flew down the hill and i really enjoyed myself and then i went back up and i flew down again and then i went back up And I flew, wait a minute, you don't fly down, you fly out, it doesn't matter. I rocketed down that hill. Did it three times, on the third time I couldn't make it up the hill again, I had to go back, I was just too knackered. And it was great, it was great, man. I mean, how often do we have snow? And I made the most out of it. It was probably the most expensive sledging expedition in history because of that fender bender, but I did it. And I did it many, many years after a truly disastrous school skiing trip to the Alps when I succumbed to a nasty viral infection. It was really bad and I think the people at the hotel, I'm being uncharitable here, I was gonna say they probably feared liability But they were really nice to me, which is more than I can say for the other students. And yeah, I spent most of my time on that school trip in bed. Although I did have one go on a little red toboggan, and I had one or two skiing lessons, but most of that skiing trip was completely wasted. So this is my second sledging experience. And when you think about it, it's completely insane that I also lived in Canada for so long. I even worked at the Winter Olympics in Vancouver, but didn't once go sledging or do any winter sports at all. I mean, I do hate ice skating. So yeah, that's out. But I'm not averse to learning to ski or maybe snowboard. That sounds like fun. I never did any of those things. I am very, very glad, so glad, that I grabbed this opportunity the moment it presented itself, when it snowed, because the older you get, the less time you have left. Make the most of that time. Don't let it go to waste, my fellow geeklings. Finally, in the pre-show section, happy birthday, mum, it is my mum's birthday today it's still my mum's birthday my mum is a year older and frankly she looks like she's doing a lot better than her wreck of a son so happy birthday mum oh can you hear that croak ah that throat pastel was so expensive that Halfway through chewing, I realised I needed to start the pod, but I couldn't start the pod with something in my mouth, so I rinsed it off with a bit of 7-Up and put it back in the fridge. It sounds really revolting, but I'll be sucking on that morsel a little later. That just sounds wrong. Okay, let's do the show. So here we are in the rambling section before the actual main topic. It all seems very, very wrong. First of all... A Spy Among Friends, I watched this ITVX drama, ITVX, I can't get used to the new branding. What is it about putting an X in something that makes it cool? But it does, doesn't it? A Spy Among Friends is a drama that blends fact with fiction in the MI6 Cambridge Five spy ring scandal of the 1960s. Homeland's Damien Lewis, playing to type, again, plays an ambiguous bugger, this time, um, MI6, or SIS officer, Nicholas Elliot, another Cambridge knob, of course, they all were. Here's Cold War cock-ups, including the escape of the traitor, Kim Philby, played by Guy Pearce. If it was... In fact, a cock-up, then not actually deliberate, left a cloud over his career, unsurprisingly. A Spy Among Friends is an adaptation of Ben McIntyre's novel of the same name. If you are into Le Carre, this is very John Le Carre, very John Le Carre-influenced indeed. Just bear in mind, it's a work of fiction Based on fact. I did look into the facts behind the scandal. I always knew them because I grew up in that Cold War era. But I didn't know the thing as a whole. And this is largely accurate until it veers into fiction and makes loads and loads of unsubstantiated assumptions. Also... Among the non-strictly geek things that I watched was School for Scoundrels or How to Win Without Actually Cheating. This is a great film that I rewatched, enjoyed, though my 1080p TV did really well at revealing Alastair Sims' prodigious ear hair. I had never noticed before. It was so pronounced that I thought maybe he was wearing some kind of ear wig prosthesis for comedic effect, but no. I looked up pictures of Alastair Sim, and the man had a lot of ear hair. Anyway, back to the actual film, School for Scoundrels. The film garners mixed reviews. By... critics? I've used the word cognoscenti in my show notes. I don't know why I'm telling you that, other than I really like words, and I really like that word. Those people are completely wrong. School for Scoundrels is an outstanding 1960 comedy about a hapless loser, played by Ian Carmichael, learning to be an utter rotter under the tutelage of tricky Alastair Sim, ear hair and all, and putting one over a real cad played by gap-toothed Terry Thomas in his smarmy moustache best. <laughs> I really enjoyed watching it again and it's strange. I thought I knew what happened in the film. I've seen this film loads of times over the years and every time I see it, I realized I remembered it a different way. Now it's a really good film and Hattie Jacques is in it as well. <laughs> Oh, man, it's good. Just remember to wait until the end, because there is a moral to the story, so don't watch this movie and think, you know what, this is great. I'll be a complete and utter arsehole. No, that is not the moral of the story. It was based on a series of comedic books. Factual, I think. They weren't fiction. ...by a guy that I just can't remember. I didn't write it down, so I can't remember. But yeah, School for Scoundrels, if you haven't seen it before, go and look for it. It is great. Next in our ramble, we are veering back onto the path of geek... ...with something I might have mentioned before. It certainly feels like I've mentioned it before. But again, there's nothing in my previous show notes, which is why show notes are so important to tell me if I have mentioned this before, so I'll mention it now. I've said the word mentioned too many times, and that is regarding Lulworth Cove's Dirdle Door. While watching the 13th Doctor regenerate in The Power of the Doctor, I did not realise I had actually visited the place years ago on a road trip to Lulworth Cove. The Donut shaped rock sticking out into the sea on which the TARDIS lands and the doctor staggers out and regenerates into David Tennant is called the Durdle Door. It's just a big donut-shaped rock and the sea crashes through it and it's a very well photographed place. Apparently, the Lulworth Estate is in a huff that the beebs Filming might encourage geeks to visit the precarious and perilous promontory. Let's see what I did there. I'd encourage you not to do this, because it is bloody dangerous, but photograph it from a distance. Honestly though, if the estate feels that strongly, perhaps they should have put up a fence? Lulworth Estate? Fence? In any case... Lulworth and Lulworth Cove and Dirtle Rock. That whole area is absolutely beautiful and well worth a visit. Ah, such a long time ago. i still got this souvenir little butterfly brooch that I had as a present there. What can I say? I was into entomology. A little bit. Well, the pretty bugs anyway, not the ghastly terrifying ones. Ah. Okay, moving on to the next thing, more rip-offs at Poundland. I've talked about crap stuff from Poundland before, I'm not the only one who does that. There are others on YouTube. Refer to previous pods for that dead-on-arrival mouse. And there are, of course, well-documented special Poundland shrunken versions of popular chocolates and crisps that are sold to a gullible public like me. I recently went into (laughs) Poundlen, despite being ripped off so many times and paid a suspiciously high amount at the till, but of course, I didn't bother at all to check the receipt until a week later. Thanks to unclear and sometimes completely wrong pricing through either incompetence or design, I don't know, The bargain whispers and detangling brush I bought weren't bargains at all. And by the way, a detangling brush is excellent for fluffing up furry garments. I'm going to let that hang there for a moment. Don't get too excited though, I'm talking about declumping a fleecy winter dressing gown, that's all. Be aware, geeklings in the UK that there are decreasing numbers of products in Poundland that actually cost £1. You're probably better off in the supermarket. Or any other high street shop, it's just not that good value. More news on my new old PC. Or my old new PC. My current Asus-based computer, an Arbico, never heard of the company doesn't seem capable of installing BIOS updates via the UEFI or ASUS's in Windows AI Suite 2 app. All that nonsense means that there is almost no worthwhile update path through upgrading the CPU or RAM available to me, so I'm just stuck with this machine as it is. This is something to check and bear in mind if you're thinking of upgrading before succumbing to the eBay madness. If I had just gone and bought components, I would have been stuck with them and I'd have to (laughs) list them on eBay myself. Apparently, I can't update the BIOS on this computer for some unknown reason. Maybe because it's so old and Asus has given up supporting it and don't really care anymore, who knows. Next... At the risk of somewhat repeating myself, this is an update on the audio equipment that I use to make this pod. Your geeks. You are creative geeks. You might be interested in this stuff, but so that I don't bore you, I'm just going to whiz through this bit. The last item in our ramble. Our rushed ramble. Not really a ramble at all, it's a rush. And then we can get on to Black Adam. Okay, if you can hear me sounding a little different tonight, that is because I have had it with the SM58. Using it, I sound like a bloke singing in the shower. And not only that, but it's essy, it's clicky, and it's hissy. It's actually hissier than the Behringer XM8500. That isn't to say it's a bad mic, it isn't. Handling noise and ergonomics are fantastic, and it does a good job at rejecting extraneous sounds. The cardioid pattern is quite good for a cardioid mic, not a super cardioid mic. However, saying all that, it's still a very average mic for today. So, despite my dislike... Of the shape and the size of the SM7B, a mic that I bought and then put back into the box, I'm back to using it again for the foreseeable future. I'm looking at my waveform now and it does look cleaner, but who knows? I'm not actually monitoring myself. We'll get on to that in a moment. Yeah, the SM7B, much as I'm not really happy about, its shape and size is cleaner, more accurate, and warmer. I said that I think I'm recording good audio. Okay, let me say this bit first. My mixing cans or headphones have been Bayer Dynamic DT150s for a few weeks. Their enormous size. Is a mixed blessing. If you've seen DT 150s, they are huge (laughs) and very old fashioned things. They do have good passive noise rejection, which is really essential in my studio, which isn't the quietest place and is certainly not properly treated as some way you would record sound. And it also has this really big circumoral or around-the-ear fit. On the other hand, they are massive. So massive that they press on my jaw and can be a bit uncomfortable. I mentioned this before because this is the second time I've ordered these things and now I'm actually using them. Yeah, I use those for mixing, and notice I said mixing, not monitoring. We're getting to the thing that I wanted to talk about. The reason I don't use monitoring headphones isn't because I don't think monitoring is a good idea. It's a great idea. The problem is, my hearing is so bad that if I were to use my cans to monitor the audio as i was speaking it i would have to crank up the volume to a completely ear and brain destroying level i'd have no hearing left so what i do is i just check at the top of the show whether everything's running okay then i put them aside and watch the levels as i speak although saying that i didn't check that everything was okay tonight i just assumed oh god help me I'm going to have to pause in a second just to check everything is indeed all right. So I'll pause now. And yeah, everything is all right. You see, the problem is I can't differentiate well between sounds, which means talking to people at pubs is a nightmare. I've got that cocktail hearing loss. I can't even differentiate between my sound coming out of my mouth and the sound going in my ears without cranking the volume right up. So that is the reason that I don't monitor. Don't do that yourself though, that's an incredibly stupid thing to do if you can avoid it. But I did check and the levels seem to be okay. Black Friday, oh god that old con, which sucked me in this time And I bought my very first pair of Bluetooth headphones ever. Can you believe it? All those years and I've never had a pair of Bluetooth headphones. I've had Bluetooth speakers. I'm late to the party with a lot of tech. Even smartphones, which you wouldn't really think was possible with me because I'm a tech head. I'm a techie. Or I was. But limited budget. Where was I? Oh yeah, the headphones that I bought. The j Rewinds, which are obviously a tribute to Star-Lord from Marvel. Chris Pratt. Imagine Star-Lord's orange foam-cushioned Sony Walkman headphones, but with Bluetooth and no cables. They have an average rating on Amazon, but at... £14? I thought them worth a punt. What I've found is that if you switch the EQ setting to Extended Bass, they are just about acceptable. There are only three settings. It's strange that they don't just have custom settings that you can set it to what you want, but no, there are three preset settings Again, you do have a little of a bloke who thinks he's Pavarotti in his bathroom. Yeah, they are definitely nowhere near as good as the Bayer Dynamics. But it's often not to do with price. Because neither the Bayers or the J-Labs beat my cheaper jvc 160 for sound. So that's a lesson. I would still be using those if... They had better passive noise rejection, but they don't, so I did need to buy the Bayers. And now that I have three sets of cans, what am I doing with them? How am I storing them, I mean? Well, I'm looking right in front of me. What I've done is I've repurposed a very nice, though largely unused, Koenig & Meyer mic Boom desk stand. ...as a stand from which to dangle my headphones. I've got my bayers at the front half of the boom arm... ...and the smaller headphones at the rear part of the boom arm. And it looks really cool. And underneath on the base, ...are the subject of the final thing in our ramble. I suffer from acid reflux and various snuffly conditions... ...which play havoc with my voice... You're probably hearing some of that. So I thought I'd finally try an audio industry standard. A favoured audio industry standard. And that is vocal zone throat pastels. That sounded like an ad. It isn't. And anyway, I did say they smell a bit like cannabis. (laughs) Yeah, they are perched on the base of my natty... Mic stand slash headphone stand. I bought the black current Yeah, I had to duck and have a look. Black Blackcurrant flavoured ones. They are really strong and they do seem to clear the passages. In your head, not the passages generally. That's a different medical condition that I'm getting seen to. Anyway, where were we? We were at the end of the ramble, thank God, and now we can talk about the main point of this show, and that is Black Adam. <sighs> Round of applause. Ah, By the way, I was thinking, and I've mentioned this frequently on the show, why is it weird to podcast solo? I mean, audio podcasts, like, well, that's the only kind of podcasting. Podcasting on YouTube is not podcasting, it's video making. But yeah, why is it odd to podcast solo, whereas it's de rigueur to YouTube solo? And no one blinks at that. I don't know. Maybe I'm insecure about podcasting. Who knows? Um, sorry, I'm drifting again. Back to Black Adam. Okay, here we go. I watched this yesterday, I was expecting great things, and it was certainly colourful. I'll give it that, which does remind you a bit of my review of Thor Love and Thunder, if you heard that. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Let's get into this. I'll tell you a brief summary of the plot, and then I'll tell you what I thought. Tef Adam was a man from the ancient world who was given superpowers by the Shazam Wizards. (laughs) I just can't say that with a straight face. The Shazam Wizards. That just sounds ludicrous. To dispense justice in his country, which is enslaved by an evil despotic king who is trying to summon the powers of hell itself ...through a crown forged with a rare native mineral. And that all happens around 2000 BCE. About 4,000 years before now, in other words. Did I get that right? I think I got that right. I should know better. When Teth Adam uses his power to wreak a deadly revenge that destroys half the country, leaving thousands dead... The wizards, the Shazam wizards, imprison him for eternity. And that's where he does not stay. Because fast forward to the present day, and Lex Luthor's and others, Intergang, I don't know the whole story behind Intergang, but I do know that Lex Luthor was one of its leaders after some mobster guy. <laughs> Again, tangent. They have... Once again, enslaved Kandak, which is the name of that country, and are searching for the Hell Crown. A group of rebels unleash Teth Adam slash Black Adam, played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and all hell breaks loose as he tears through Intergang. Serves them right, the bunch of bloody bullies. In an attempt to stop the wide-scale slaughter, the Justice Society of America's Carter Hall, aka Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Cyclone, and Atom Smasher confront Black Adam. All those superhero names, by the way, are fairly self-explanatory as to what their powers might be apart from Atom Smasher. He doesn't seem to smash atoms. He can get really big or really small. A bit like Ant-Man. So, with a few digressions, those are the bare bones of the plot, without spoiling too much. Here are my thoughts. I am not at all that familiar with Prince Kofu slash Carter Hall pre retcon DC Golden Age Hawkman. For me, personally, Hawkman is Tim Truman's Hawkworld comics character, Katar Hall. If you remember that series of comics back in the late 80s and early 90s, I read them sometime after that, in a Collected Edition. That's the Hawkman that I remember. He has a very different origin story. I believe that the two origin stories, the Corfu thing and the Carter Hall, as the archaeologists believe, and Qatar Hall, the ex-cop from Thanagar, an alien world somewhere. ...have been melded together somehow, but I'm not sure how I never paid much attention after Hawkworld, which I enjoyed immensely. And if you get a chance, seek that out. That is Tim Truman's Hawkworld. At least the first... ...trades. It's also issued as a collected edition. But yeah, from 1989 to the early 1990s, read that first collected edition. I might even have bought it from Forbidden Planet. Sorry, digressing. Where was I? Okay, so I've told you what happens. I told you that I'm not familiar with this version of Hawkman. Let's talk about Black Adam himself. Dwayne the Rock Johnson plays Black Adam in an unusually low-key manner. Very restrained. It's a performance very respectful of the other actors. It gives the rest of the cast the opportunity to breathe creatively. He doesn't hog the limelight. On the other hand, the very reason you want to hire an actor like Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the first place is so that he can chew the scenery, particularly as he is the titular character next the action it takes place mostly in one small city in the middle east in this fictional country of kandak it is a minuscule arena a tiny stage for such overpowered superheroes to do battle it feels claustrophobic in the extreme it was very noticeable that all this action was happening in a very small space. And yet the colours and the grandeur, it made it seem like the whole stage should have been very, very much bigger. Next, it is yet another origin story. Ordinarily, I would agree with you and groan, but this time I'll give it a pass, given my unfamiliarity with many of the characters. So we can let that one go. In summary, it was a beautiful-looking film, which is also what I said about Thor Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, though it was badly let down by slightly wooden acting from the principal players, not just Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam, but also Pierce Brosnan's Kent Nelson slash Dr. Fate, the guy with the golden helmet that tells him things, which doesn't in any way indicate that he's insane. And Aldis Hodges, Carter Hall slash Hawkman. They all acted in a way that was too restrained, but particularly The Rock. Ironically, the secondary cast was much better, and I want to convey my special praise to the excellent comedic relief provided by Mohammed Mustafa Amur, a Palestinian-American stand-up comic who plays Kareem the Electrician. <laughs> I really hope that we see Karim the Electrician again. I really like that character. He's like the standard overweight geek who's not really into the violent stuff. The all-round nice guy as well. He was great. And now I've said that I haven't spoiled things. I'm going to spoil things quite badly concerning the end of the film and the post credit scene. So if you don't want to hear that, skip ahead a few minutes, but you have been warned. Proper spoilers in three 2 1. I also have to say that Black Adam looks really good on the throne. He reminded me of characters like Conan or Riddick in the Chronicles of Riddick, though that only lasts a very brief time as he savours being on the throne before destroying it. And I've got to say, Black Adam. Good man for destroying the throne and not succumbing to the madness of power. And also, the post-credits scene sees, I'm building up to this, the return of, of, of Henry Cavill's vastly underrated Superman. Yeah, I've said it. I liked Henry Cavill's Superman. He really put himself into that role. What was the name of that... Film that he was, oh no, I can't remember. The Superman film that was ages and ages ago, Henry Cavill. I quite liked it. That is it for my rather brief review of Black Adam. I could have said more, but it didn't seem necessary. I'm not going to say whether I recommend this film or not. It is spectacular. You'll enjoy bits of it, but you might be left feeling a little empty, as I did. But also with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder. What is happening with our superhero movies? Why are there so many superhero movies? Uh, That's a question I've asked myself many, many times. And the answer is simply money. And that... My friends, is it. We're in the after show section though, so just one last thing to say, ending on a positive note. And that is something that I'm going to call the beautiful bubble. On Saturday the 10th of December, only two days ago, 2022, in the morning, I was at a very busy supermarket, packed with people, queues, cars, and no parking spaces. And in that nightmare scenario that we have all experienced, especially on Saturday, especially towards Christmas, what kind of maniac would go shopping on that day, would do battle with all those ploy, the Poloy of the hoi polloi. Not the hoi... It's the whole thing. Go back and listen to a previous pod. I can't even remember when I started banging on about that. Anyway, the point is... I experienced one of those strange, magical episodes. Not like an episode that you have when you're going mad, but a pleasant episode. As I drove into the car park... I did have to wait in the queue a little bit, but only for a few seconds. A car park space appeared before me, and I sailed right in. I walked into the shop. Everything I wanted was in stock. I accidentally timed my arrival at the self-checkout to perfection, and breezed up to a vacant machine then sailed right back out of the car park, encountering zero traffic all the way home. It was absolutely incredible. I was touched by the hand of God. Sorry, this is getting weird. It's, of course, synchronicity, not magic. But it feels like magic. And perhaps that's what magic is in the end seasonal greetings, or nearly, and I hope you two have the opportunity to experience the perfection of the beautiful bubble, or at least rocketing down a hill at an insane speed sitting on a dinner tray. The show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Matour, a writer. Matour is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen, recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy, or click on the contact or support link on the website. A few quid would not go amiss. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK geek science fiction fantasy and horror podcast, episode 465, recorded on Monday the 12th of December 2022, and the time at the end of the show is 23 5808. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye! And, by the way, yes, you were expecting a classic Doctor Who revisit. I haven't forgotten about that. That is the next pod that you will hear from me, in which we will be talking about Logopolis. And a little bit of follow-up from the Keeper of Traken because I missed out saying a few things. I'm still here, aren't I? I'm sorry about that. Again, bye!